you know, so much of the scandal of the gospel is that it feels too good to be true, you know, and that's just this, the, the case for all of us time and time again. Sometimes you feel like you've spent a season just getting your mind blown by the message, your mind blown by the goodness of God, your mind blown by the goodness of Jesus. And then something comes along and, and just kind of catches your attention to be like, well, yeah, 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 but it can't be all like unicorns and rainbows, you know, can't all be. <laughs> and it's like the really, uh, you know, the voice of uh, maybe past disappointments or just the voice of religion, um, the voice of whatever. And sometimes he, he comes and he speaks in ways like as soon as we start talking about finance, you know, we all get scandalized or, you know, whatever area may be for you, you know. Um, just the ways that he is so extravagantly good. He's so extravagantly good. None of us have exaggerated this gospel. None of us have even come close so far. I mean, chocolate while I preach, as usual. <laughs> but um, so we've gone, man, over the last 12 weeks, 12 Wednesdays in a row. Just talking about the good news, good news of Jesus, his finished work, what he's done once and for all, and bringing heaven and earth together. And I just, woo, I want to share a few things, and then maybe you know we can continue to discuss or ask questions. But I really, again, so a lot of us have spent years in Western folk religion. We spent time in. American Christianity, which so we, there are good things in there. You know, I mean, tonight we're we're praying the Lord's Prayer. We're speaking the, the Chalcedonian Creed. There's good stuff in there. But most of us have missed the good stuff, the gospel itself, missed the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we've settled for these lower, lesser, do-it-yourself, these Conditional love, conditional promises, uh, et cetera, et cetera. When literally, uh, there's no exaggeration. I'm not just trying to be funny or silly when we start out saying it's meant to be like all your Christmases and birthdays wrapped up into one. All your Disneylands, all your vacations, all your wildest dreams have come true. It's wild. I mean, the Bible is very extreme in some of its language, exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine. This is our God, our God who says, the Lord is our shepherd. You have no lack. You want for nothing. The, the God who says you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Woo! And so, yeah, let's let's just take some more time tonight and revel in it. Let him just I just release waves of scandal over you tonight. Just waves of shock and awe <laughs> at the gospel again. Electric love, electric union bliss, because nothing else in the Christian life makes sense. It all becomes just a burden if you don't get this. If this Jesus Christ, the, the chief cornerstone and his message, right? Jesus himself, which hallelujah, we're sitting in the cloud of Jesus himself. That's who's speaking these prophetic words. That's when we two or three gather. That's the presence you're feeling. That's him. And he has always had one consistent message and it's always been good. It's always been good, 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 good. Woo, mind-blowing, top-spinning, you know, unicycles and dancing circus animals. Good, you know, <laughs> the circus of love. Wow. The cross is the crack of heaven. <laughs> Woo, if it doesn't feel like, you know, the most exhilarating thing you've ever heard in your life, it's not the gospel. If there's a more exhilarating experience in life, uh, then this gospel is, you know, no gospel at all. We should go look for whatever is greater because you were made for delight. You were made for pleasure. You're made to be scandalized. You're made to be ravished. Um, the, the only difference between, you know, us Christian hedonists and everyone else is that we admit that we, we are lovers of, of pleasure in the truest sense. <laughs> I know there's passages of scripture that warn you about that. They're warning you about being satisfied with the lesser things. 
but truly God himself is the author of pleasure in his presence is the fullness of joy, the fountain of delights. So I wanted to talk tonight about how the gospel of Jesus is very, very, very different from every religion. <laughs> I just want to draw that delineation again. Very, very different from every religion. Extreme difference. This is not another option on the plate of beliefs out there of different philosophies. You know, Paul warns us in Colossians 2, he says, don't let anyone deceive you with empty, hollow words of human wisdom and philosophies. This has nothing to do with that. This is not just another option on the plate. This is the only, the, Jesus is the only one that offers the whole thing for free. Every other system that's out there, every other, uh, you know, worldview, call it religion, call it philosophy, is about what you have to do in order to get, right? And this is what's crept in and fed the, at the root system of American folk religion is what you have to do. It's always conditional statements. It's always if-then statements. Religion thrives off if-then statements. Religion thrives off of a potential. P potential. It'll always tell you what you could be, how great you could be. The gospel comes to tell you how great you are in him, how much you already have. Not a potential. We're not signing people up for something. We're telling them news. And this is massively different. And a lot of us still, you know, we get, because we've been so brainwashed into conditional statements, into potential statements, into, you know, just works. We, we, we have so many other words and terms for works. There's so much uh, clever language now that couches our works behind theological or Christian pop phrases, catchphrases, you know, well, it's just about surrendering. It's just about yielding. It's just about believing. All you have to do is this. It's all God, but, you know, it's all Jesus. It's all him. But here's the little part where you need to sign on the dotted line. You know, even the altar, when we talk about coming to the altar, the altar was the place where Jesus gave himself. The, the altar is where, you know, when, you, when you're at the altar, you're partaking of him. It's not him needing something from you. The altar was him giving himself to you. The, al the altar, you know, we have these, pray the prayer, come down to the front, lay yourself on the altar. No, that was Jesus because you never could. You never, you never would have figured out how to do it right or you, you always would have doubted if your uh, offering was enough. So it says once and for all, one, you know, Hebrews 10, 14, by one offering, he perfected for all time those who are sanctified, that he was the one that gave himself on the altar. So the gospel is very, very, very different from religion. Amen. <laughs> Just take a deep breath of that, like a breath of cool, fresh air. <laughs> a sigh of relief. The gospel should always feel like a sigh of relief. If it doesn't feel like relief, it's not the message of Jesus. I always tell people the very first thing when you go to our website, the first thing it says is Jesus actually saved the world. Ooh. <laughs> every religious message, every, uh, every philosophy, it's all about you having to figure out how to make your own world better, how to improve improvement programs, improvement systems. And we're not saying that you won't do things that make people's lives better, that you won't be a blessing to this world, but that's not the prime product. That's not where we start. We start from the sigh of relief. In fact, it's not, even, it's not where we start. We start, we go in the middle, the very end, it's all a sigh of relief. And anything we are going to offer to this world is the overflow is just overflow. It's just overflow. It's all from what he already gave. It's from what he already did. And so there's never a moment where it depends on us. There's never a moment where it comes back where this gospel is, uh, 
yes, Jesus did his part, but now you have to do your part. That is religion. That is wrong. That's what Jesus came to undo. He said, uh, sacrifices and burnt offerings I did not desire. How many times, you know, uh, G- Jesus, there, there's a few phrases that Jesus would say, you know, often. Well, one of them, I think it's four times in the Gospels. He said, uh, I did not desire sacrifice. I did not desire uh, even anything other. I, I desire mercy. In, in Hebrews, it goes further. It says, you did not desire burnt offerings or sacrifices, but a body I have prepared for you. And he's talking about Jesus giving his body. See, religion is all about your sacrifice, what you need to give up, what you need to surrender. And of course, we want to let go of the old mindsets and the old, you know, lesser things we are clinging on to. That's, we want to do that, but that is a natural overflow when he gives you something so much better. Amen. Woo. This is not about us letting go in order to get It's him giving and giving and giving without conditions. Even if you never surrender to him, he's going to keep loving you. He's going to keep blessing you. He's going to keep giving, even if you reject him all your days, because this is not a conditional gospel. This is not conditional love. There is no if then statements. There's no bait and switch, no hidden agenda with the Trinity. There is no uh, back dark side of God behind Jesus. There's no, well, you know, sign them up for, for the believers class, but then tell them this is where it gets really difficult. You know, there's no, ah, there's no secret agenda. It's an unconditional once and for all gift. And this is what sets it apart. Absolutely distinct from any other uh, worldview from religion. It's, it's completely different from all religion, including most of the Christian world, the, the Christian religion, it's completely different than what you're going to hear most places. And that's not because we want to build up Jubilee Online Church or I think I've got some great thing. It, this is the message of the scriptures. It's substantial. It's laid out throughout history. We didn't invent this. Uh, it's Christ giving himself. Let's look at a scripture just to let's look at a few scriptures just to confirm this. And obviously, over the last 12 weeks, we've looked at a lot of a lot of scripture. We've digested. We're this drunk because we eat the word, because we huff the gospel. Ooh, we are high, ladies and gentlemen, on the supernatural presence of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> but it's because of the, subs- the substance. In fact, we're prophesying earlier. That's a word I keep getting recently. It's like, the Holy Spirit says, I'm awakening the world to the, a substantial gospel. I keep hearing that, a substantial, a, a, a beautiful and authentic and a substantial message. Like people look to the church and they so often see these like big hype, you know, meetings led by young people in hipster clothes or whatever. <laughs> I don't care. But, you know, or they turn on Christian radio and it's like, you know, lesser quality creativity. They turn on Christian TV and it's like, dear God, what is going on here? The world is crying out for a substantial message, for a substantial, authentic, and beautiful, something that works in every circumstance, something that is meaningful to the person that's having a great day or the person that feels crushed. It's something meaningful from every background, tribe, race, and religion. We all know that we need something greater than ourselves. We need, we need a savior. We need a Lord. And this is the the substantial history of the Christian church is that we have Jesus Christ, savior and Lord. Those words alone are full of whack. They're so whack. Like we have no idea what it means that Jesus Christ is the savior and the Lord. Oh, (laughs) I'm going to drink to that one. Let's all have a cup of Savior and Lord together. Oh, he's changing your water into wine. Oh, my goodness. I can just go off on that. I mean, 
Oh, might as well for a second. I mean, say Jesus as Savior means that he does all the work, that he's the one that lifted you from hell into heaven. He's the one that, and we're not, again, we're not looking to a future day or something far away, but Jesus Christ at the cross lifted humanity out of darkness. You've been, you've been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his glorious light and love. You've been, you've been saved. You've actually already been saved. Most of us are still kind of looking for a savior. The people, the people in the world are, are longing for us to be saved out of hell and darkness and despair. And we have Jesus. And then Lord means he's, he's the one that leads our life. You don't have to wake up every day and figure out all the millions of, of questions that men like, this life is far beyond us. That's why people get depressed and they're in despair and they're turning to every other thing. And they're so confused. And they're like, what's the meaning of life? I don't know the meaning of life. You know, Jesus Christ to commune with father, son, and Holy spirit, and have your being lit up with ecstasy and all the power and love of heaven, all the, all of heaven's riches at your fingertips. This is the meaning of life. It's no mystery, but you can only get that from the Lord Jesus from from having a Lord, from recognizing, oh my God, he's already taken care of everything and he will continue to take care of everything as the good shepherd, the, the leading, loving Lord. Someone's asking about communion. We're, yeah, we're going to do communion at the end. So hope you have some elements. Woo! can find bread and wine. We'll partake of the Savior and Lord. Okay, I said we're going to read some scripture. Woo! We read a bunch of it over the last few weeks. I want to look at 2 Corinthians 1.20. Oh, some of you know this one, 2 Corinthians 1.20. But this is uh, one that makes a clear delineation between religion and Jesus. Ooh. Makes a very, very clear delineation. Um, I'm going to read out of a couple of translations. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, all the promises of God find their yes in him. Whoo! That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. Wow, 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 wow. That's the ESV. The Good News Bible says, it is he who is the yes to all of God's promises. Woo! It is him who is the yes. Jesus is the yes. This is why through Jesus Christ, our amen is said to the glory of God. Wow, 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 wow. Now, I just want to just revelate on this one for, for a minute again. Second Corinthians 1.20. This is one to like keep in the forefront. This is a gospel verse that frames up everything else, right? Because our experiences have oftentimes been based on a lie. We have not experienced all of the fruit and riches of heaven. We haven't experienced all the blessings, you know, the, the favor, the healing, the prosperity, just the, the soul health, the relational healing. We haven't experienced those things. And so we're tempted oftentimes to turn to a message of promises, Again, you know, and this is what the old covenant was like because the old covenant or the old testament was leading up to Jesus, right? And so you actually get a lot of people that don't know the gospel, well-meaning Christians, or you know, other religions as well. They're they're all about again conditional statements, if then, or at best, they'll talk about God is good, but he said things that are someday going to come true. Right. And we get back into this someday mentality, someday, which is distance and delay. Promises are great. Fulfillment is greater. Amen. Jesus Christ actually did something at the cross. Like Jesus Christ in his life, death and resurrection took us from a place where we're no longer praying Old Testament prayers. I hear this all the time, like from worship leaders, from people that are leading prayer ministries, like, we need to learn how to pray the Psalms or pray even Lamentations. We need to pray some Old Testament prayers. There's still good stuff in there. There is, but that stuff was shadows and types. Jesus is the substance. Woo, would you rather have the shadow or have the person? See, the shadow is just a little shifting thing in the background. It doesn't have anything you can grab. The person has all the goodies you can, you can hold. You can 
You can hug. You can feel the embrace. You can feel the warmth. Yeah, the old the Old Testament is filled with shadows and types, and that doesn't mean it's it's not worth looking at. We spent uh, one of our sessions even in the last twelve weeks. We took one whole week, and we just talked about all of those pictures in the Old Testament, and those are great. That's wonderful as long as you know they were leading up to something that you already have. Jesus came two thousand years ago, and why? So why should we be praying prayers that were prayed 4,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago? We, we're living in the substance. It's all, whoo, the whole earth is full of the glory. I mean, they could have lived in the substance then, to be honest. They just didn't have the widespread revelation. But we have, we have revelation. We have books and books about Jesus. We have, we have the epistles. We have the living experience of, of all the saints and all the ages, including your own. We have Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 1 says, all of the promises have found their yes in him. Good news says he is the yes. Woo! When we realize, see, most of us, we're still just toying around with the concept of Jesus. We're, we're toying around with the idea that something actually happened 2,000 years ago. Ooh, don't get me started. You know, <laughs> we're just, you know, it's, we, we tip our hat to Jesus. Every church will, at least nowadays, you'll hear the phrase, the finished work of Christ in almost every church. They'll kind of tip their hat to it. But if you tell someone that you're living in heaven on earth, they'll be like, whoa, buddy, you know, like, hang on, hold, hold on, brother. You know, that's great. I'm glad you're on a mountaintop experience, but wait for the valleys, you know, oh, uh, Listen, we went over all the promises of the OT. We woo, we went through the what these promises were, and they are they are substantial. They're everything you could possibly imagine, and then some. You know, uh, it's it's by his stripes you were healed. It's it's the the families being restored. You know, even uh, it, it, immortality and everlasting life being prophesied. Like you know, our our souls being saved from darkness, no more flesh, deliverance from devils. All your enemies will scatter. They'll be defeated. These were the promises. We're not living in those anymore. We're living in the fulfillment of those promises. So woo, this is completely different than every religion of the world. Every religion of the world is if then promises, including the old Testament. And so if you're still going to a church that's spending a lot of time in the in the shadows and types, that's okay to a degree, but you gotta be you gotta be careful with it because they'll they'll just all of a sudden you find yourself living in a shadow instead of in in living communion, living substance. Whoa, It's the quickest way to sober up to go back into mixture where sometimes you're talking about promises that we're believing for someday, brother. We're claiming it. We're, we're declaring these promises. We're looking forward to the one who's faithful. will, you know, he'll complete this stuff instead of realizing already did it. Done. The language of the gospel is done. The language of the gospel is now. It's complete. It's substance. If I'm already in the glory cloud, I'm not excited about the promise of a future glory cloud. I'm in the glory cloud. Yes, it's going to get greater and greater every day, but like I'm already in the ocean. I'm not, I'm not looking for another great wave. I'm not a surfer. I'm, I'm just, I'm already in, I'm a sinker, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm done, you know, I'm, I'm swallowed up in the waters, man. And that's our life in Christ, swallowed up, swallowed up. Whoa. And this has changed everything for me. A lot of you guys know my testimony. A lot of you have noticed the difference. But when you go from shadows to substance, it's, it's going from longing. It's like longing to be married and to actually being married. You know, whoa. It's like you're, we're not in the engagement. We're in the bedroom on the wedding night, guys. Yeah, there's a wedding supper that's going to take place in eternity. But really, the book of Revelation, all that is pro prophetic about what's already ours. It's already ours in Christ. The wedding supper has already begun. You're already at the table of the Lord, partaking of the goodies. There's never a moment when we can't partake. We are no longer in shadow. We are in substance. Woo. 
I want to look at this. I, this. I've been using that language a bunch, but one of the verses that comes from is Hebrews 10, 1. And again, so let's look at that. If you have a Bible and you want to, you want to put your eyes on some of these juicy, juicy passages. Whoa, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got. Look at Hebrews 10, 1 tonight with me. And I'm going to read it from a couple of different translations. Now, uh, this is a lot of what I was just saying in here, but when you put your eyes on the word, sometimes, you know, something just happens. I encourage you to, you know, a lot of people start to get the message and sometimes they, they just put their Bible down for a while. Man, I'm telling you what, dude, there's always something fresh. You just pop that thing open. Let Holy Spirit lead you. You know, don't do it out of root and religion or whatever, but just keep putting your eyes on the page, man. Um, Hebrews 10.1. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified, and then I'll go through a few of them. Hebrews 10, one of the Amplified, since the law has merely a rude outline, foreshadowing of the good things to come, instead of fully expressing those things, it can never, by offering the same sacrifices continually year after year, make perfect those who approach. Oh, here's the Cotton Patch Bible. This is a fun one. At best, the old set of rules and regulations merely foreshadowed the coming reality. Just say with me, foreshadowed the coming reality. What are we sitting in tonight? Not the foreshadowing. We're in the reality. The and it capitalizes, I love it, capitalizes reality with an R, capital R there. It was never the genuine article itself. That's why it was incapable of bringing spirituality to the congregation by its rounds of sacrifices. If it could have, the need for such sacrifices would have by now ceased to exist. For once you get a congregation genuinely forgiven, it no longer has a guilty conscience. Yet under the old system, they're told, after the sacrifices that they are guilty, evidently the blood of cattle and goats just can't take away sins. Oh, <laughs> uh, here's the, the Dewey Reams translation. The law having a shadow of the good things to come, not the very image of the things, by the selfsame sacrifices which they offer continually every year can never make the comers thereunto perfect. Ooh. The shadow of the good things to come, not the very image of the things. Religion is the shadow. Jesus is the image. Whoa, making per- making us perfect. Let's see. Let's read the Good News Bible. The Jewish law is not a full and faithful model of the real things. It's only a faint outline. Are you living in the faint outline? Or are you living in the substance? So the same sacrifices are offered forever, year after year. How can the law, by means of these sacrifices, make perfect the people who come to God? Sounds like somebody's been made perfect. Just take a a big bite of your perfection right now on Christ. Mm. Wow, 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 wow. I know that's a word that still blows our minds. You'll still read 20 times a day on social media how nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Woo, except for Jesus and we're in him. Oh, the Phillips translation says the law possessed only a dim outline of the benefits that Christ would bring. It did not actually produce them. Consequently, it was incapable of perfecting the souls of those who offered their regular annual sacrifices. If it had, surely the sacrifices would have been discontinued on the grounds that worshipers, having been really cleansed, would have had no further consciousness of sin. Whoa, just say, I'm fully cleansed. I'm really cleansed, and I have no consciousness of sin. <laughs> It's in the Bible, people. It's right here. (laughs) In the OT, it says the worshipers had not been really cleansed, and they would have had no further consciousness of sin. But you are really cleansed, and you have no further consciousness of sin. 
the Moffat says, as the law has a mere shadow of the bliss that is to be. Oh, shaka like a ding dong. <laughs> Did you hear that? It's in the Bible. The, the B word, baby. <laughs> uh, really, really high. Um, uh, yo, 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 yo. The law has a mere shadow of the bliss that is to be instead of representing the reality of that bliss. Religion only presents a shadow of bliss. Jesus represents the reality of bliss. Guys, come on. Come on now. Some of you still thought it was just Matt making up weird stuff, but look at this. This is the Bible here. <laughs> The reality of the bliss. The law can never perfect those who draw near with the same annual sacrifices perpetually offered. Ooh. Let's read a few more. It's just good to let these things wash our brain tonight. Guys, we're being, we're being brainwashed by the gospel. We're being brainwashed to see that life is friggin' good. Life is so good. Your life is full of God. Woo. I feel some revelation coming. I'm going to share a couple of words here in a second, but let's just let these, let these scriptures wash over our brain. Okay. The law possessing a shadow of the good things that were about to come, not the form of the thing itself was never able by means of the same sacrifices uh, that they offered to make perfect those who draw near. Here's the message Bible. The old plan was only a hint of the good things of the new plan. Since the old law plan wasn't complete in itself, it couldn't complete those who followed it. No matter how many sacrifices were offered year after year, they never added up to a complete solution. Ooh. Just thank the Lord that you are complete tonight. <laughs> in the complete solution. Whoa. Let's read the mirror. Oh, here's the, the juicy, juicy mirror Bible. The law presented to us a faint shadow outlining the promise of the blessings anticipated in the coming of Christ, even detailing its future significance. The mere sketch, however, could not be confused with the actual object that it represented. The annual sacrificial rites, a shadow of the eventual object, would always leave the worshiper feeling inadequate and be a reminder year after year of the sinfulness of man. Uh, Barnes commentary says the law having a shadow, that is the whole of the mosaic economy was a shadow. For so the word law is often used. The word shadow here refers to a rough outline of anything, a mere sketch like a carpenter draws with a piece of chalk. Whereas an artist delineates what he's about to make in a picture, he sketches an outline of the object which he designs to draw, which has some resemblance to it, but it's not the very image, for it is not yet complete. The words rendered the very image refer to a painting or statue which is finished, where every part is an exact representation of the original. The good things to come here refer to the future blessings, which would be conferred on man by the gospel. The idea is that under the ancient sacrifices, there was an imperfect representation, a dim outline of the blessings, which the gospel would impart. They were a typical representation. They were not such that it could be pretended that they would answer the purpose of the things that they were to represent. Not that they would make those who offered perfect. Such a rude outline, such a mere sketch, imperfect delineation could no more answer the purpose of saving the soul than a rough sketch which an architect makes could answer the purpose of a house or then the first outline, which a painter draws would answer the purpose of a perfect and finished portrait. <laughs> All that could be done by either would be to convey some distant and obscure idea. Religion merely presents a distant and obscure idea. But the gospel is all that the house and the picture is. This was all that was done by the law of Moses, presenting an obscure and distant idea. The gospel is no longer future. The gospel is now. Woo. Thank you, Lord. 
So just reading uh, Hebrews 10.1 from some different translations there. Um, I thank you, Lord. So what's the point of all this, right? What, let's get back to the point of it again. I know there's people that tune in week after week and you start to hear this stuff. And it's still, it's still kind of hard to connect with it. You know, it's like, okay, so Jesus has made us complete. Like Jesus actually made me perfect. Are you saying there's no, you know, problems left in the world? Are you saying there's no problems left in my life? Let's not be ignorant. Again, from outward appearances, you'll still see issues, struggles, sickness, problems. But the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. And we're walking by his faith which is a revelation of what truly is just because you see it and you've been convinced that I'm stuck. I'm struggling. I, I still have too many traumas, too many issues. I still have too many sicknesses that I have relational problems. I'm in poverty. Um, here's one I hear all the time. They're like, I'm somebody that doesn't hear God very well, or I don't have a lot of experiences. I don't see a lot of miracles. Those are all things we've, we've seen with the natural eye, but the gospel comes to present, not how to get from there to here. That's what most, most Western folk religious gospel is how to get from your current experience to progress down this path to live in all the manifestation whoa, of heaven on earth, uh, in all the, you know, all the fruits and things that you've dreamed of, but that's still religion. The gospel says you're already in those things that you've already dreamed of. Ooh. And it's a scandal. It's a scandal because it sounds untrue. It's not been our experience. We, we, religion makes sense to us because we have lived in a linear timeline for so long. We're like, if I do A, B, and C, then I get to Z. Then I get to Z. But Jesus comes and presents the kingdom of heaven is already at hand. Heaven and earth have already been brought into union. And the gospel is, you know, and, and how, how do you begin to experience this? It's A lot of times it's just by hearing it. All of a sudden, you know, faith comes by hearing. You hear it's all yours and it starts to become true. It already was true, actually, but it becomes true in your experience. The truth is true before you believe it. But the moment you start to believe it, all of a sudden you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, I can't tell you, like, I, when I, you know, first heard about Jesus, I didn't experience angels very often. I didn't see a lot of, you know, prosperity happening in my life. I didn't see miracles hardly at all. And then all of a sudden someone with, with power began to declare to me that I was somebody that saw miracles, that I already was somebody that interacted with angels, that I already was someone that experienced God all the time. And something just clicked. I was like, oh, that there's a new definition of me. And this is where I'm, I'm getting a little practical tonight. The first half, I was just kind of scandalously telling you the message, releasing some stuff to brainwash. But now I'm saying, how how do I see this practically? It's literally by all of a sudden just having a, a different identification. You know, uh, where you said I was a person that didn't hear God, start to declare what the gospel says. Start to uh, allow your thoughts to be transformed. Colossians 3 says it's about setting your mind on the things above, right? So you're like, I am a person that experiences God. I am prosperous. I am whole. I am healed. Uh, you know, these are not pie in the sky, name it and claim it. They're simply saying what is true. The truth about every one of you in here is that you experience God a lot. You do. If, if he's not a good God, he's not a good leader or a good shepherd. If he left some of us out to struggle, to, to be that little black sheep that never hears God, you know, I'm the one that got lost and I don't see miracles and I'm not prosperous and I'm left behind or whatever. That, that is not you. The gospel comes to say, there is nowhere you need to get to. He came to you. He transformed your experience already. Woo! This is already true in your life. You're already in 
again, this is the biggest thing. People come and fight me on it all the time. Literally, they fight me. They come to argue it. This is why I'm taking 12 weeks on the gospel, because it's the quickest thing that people want to come in and send me a message to say, but, 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 wait about, wait, wait, stop, brother. You know, this, let me, I get that, but it's both and, you know, it's, it's, yes, yes, yes. I love all that, you know, but it's the quickest thing that unbelief and, and just, you know, lies and, and the voices that come into almost from every angle want to want to try to steal away the nugget, this diamond that we're looking at, this diamond. They can't steal it away, ultimately, praise God. But you hear these voices and there's always this opportunity to listen to this other thing that says, you, it's, you know, Francois calls it the I am not tree. Right. It's eating from this tree that says, I am not healed. I am not whole. I am not complete. I am not prosperous. I am not devil free. I've got demons, you know, uh, instead of partaking from the I am tree, which isn't this I am consciousness, new age thing. It's a recognition with Christ. What Jesus says and is, is true about my life now because of him, because I'm in union with Jesus. I am as he is in this world. Whoa. First John chapter four, as he is in this world. So are you. How is Jesus? Is Jesus having a hard time experiencing God? Is Jesus having a hard time with miracles, with prosperity, with, with wholeness? Is Jesus battling his flesh? <laughs> yeah. Liesl's commenting in there. Liesl loves the Coco message. The co we're co everything that Jesus is. He's put us with him. It, so we co-share in everything that he has. This is not a, again, religion is all about, here's what you need to do to get blessed. Here's what you need to do to see breakthrough. Here's what you need to do to transform lives. Here's what you need to, hey, it's always what you need to do. The gospel is you already are. Whoa, you already are. Thank you, Lord. Whoa, just, just put your hands out in front of you for a minute. Just say, thank you, Jesus, for all that I already have. Whoo, all that I already am. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whoa, just see the gifts in your hands. Feel Whoa, you feel that on your hands right now? Electricity, uh, gold. The gold is flowing. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Dante and I have been fighting gold dust for the last like couple weeks in our house. Just and you know the secret is just I don't try to do anything. I just I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. Gratefulness really put kind of puts you in that place where you're you're seeing correctly. Um, but again, none of these are things you need to self-initiate. Holy Spirit comes and wakes you up to be grateful. But you're like, oh, my God, I just thank you, Lord, that I am full of miracles in life. I'm full of intimacy. I hear you clearly. Again, I, I want to tell you, you might be the first, you know, you might feel like the last person that should be in this group. You're like, I, th this is true. These guys are all getting it, but I don't get it. I just want to encourage you to change, allow Holy Spirit to change that that voice to change the allow Holy Spirit to change that uh, identification. You're not a person that's about to see miracles. You're a person that walks in miracles. Like, well, you're not a person that's about to be blessed. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You're not a person that's growing in intimacy with God. You're a person that has Jesus's intimacy with God right now. <laughs> you can't get any closer you can't get any more. If, if you're talking about getting closer and getting more, that is religion. That's Old Testament shadows and types. We're in the yes and the amen. Woo! Just keep your hands out. Oh, put your hand on your belly. Woo! I got that, I got that, I got that. Some of these positions, you know, just little worshipful positions, having your hand like this. For, to me, whenever I have my hands like this, I'm not just receiving something. I'm seeing something there. Whenever I put my hand on my belly, I'm feeling God already in there. Whoa, I'm feeling my oneness. It's like I always feel the river bubbling out of my belly. So when I put my hand there, I'm like, oh, my God, there's heaven. There's the river. This is the gospel, guys. This is the, the 
shift, the holy shift from religion, from shadows and types. This is how you're going to see crazy fruit in your life, not by looking for something, but knowing that he already gave, he already gave the fullness. He's already made us complete. Ooh, hallelujah. The scandal of the gospel is that you are already in heaven on earth now and forevermore in union with Christ. We are already. <laughs> Woo! Yay. Let yourself feel it. Um, I just, it's just getting thicker and thicker in here. So, uh, <laughs> yo, 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 yo. We thank you, Lord. We allow ourselves to feel heaven on earth realities, what you died for, Jesus, what you died for. You cracked open heaven. You cracked open the earth like a, like a, like a heavenly six pack. You cracked the whole thing open at once. <laughs> you cracked our keg. You didn't just open heaven. You opened up us, Lord. You opened us and you made us completely receptive back and forth to one another. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, wow, wow. I think this is the perfect time to maybe take communion together. Um, because communion represents that we are in the body, that we are in the blood, the blood is in us, like, uh, whoa, that you are what you eat. Um, whoa, we don't take communion in order to get. He said, you do this in remembrance, right? It's not about getting something. You don't come to the table to get something you don't already have. You come to the table, and as you feast, you remember that he already did it. Whoa, you remember him which you remember heaven and earth interpenetrating one another. Whoa. It, you know, the early church fathers used the word interpenetrating a lot. Whoa. It's like the blur, the blurry line between you and God. Whoa. I got, I got, I got, I got. As we take communion, it's like, is it physical? Yes. Is it heavenly? Yes. Is this bread? Yes. But is it the body of Jesus? Yes. All the promises are yes. <laughs> what is going on here? Yes. 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 So if you can get something, if you don't have bread and wine, it's okay. You can partake just mystically. Although there's something about the physical being involved because it reminds us that we're not Gnostics here trying to become some super spiritual, invisible person, but we're in the body. You will have a body forevermore. You're not just a, a spirit ha uh, having a human experience. You are fully human, fully divine in Jesus. So let's just remember this as we partake of the, of the body. This is not a broken body. This is a whole body. This is complete. He was broken once and for all that you would never be broken again. He, would, he gave himself once and for all that you would never be separate again. So let's, let's, take the, let's partake of the body together. And it says in the same way he took the cup. No, no. Ooh. took the cup after supper you know i forgot when he took the body it says he gave thanks isn't that drunk There's something about giving thanks that all of a sudden you realize the mystical realities of heaven he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to him saying this is my body and then in the same way he took the cup after supper Ooh. the intoxicating substance <laughs> for the remission of all sin <laughs> you are not a sinner sin is not growing in you like a cancer you have gone into complete remission 
and that stuff has been removed from your life. Remission of sins, woo, freedom. Some some translations say freedom, remission, forgiveness, freedom from sin. You are not bound. Woo, in this cup, we see that we are not bound to anything but Jesus. We're slaves to Him, His righteousness. We're slaves to His love. Woo! Just take a whiff of the communion wine as you. <laughs> just one smell the fragrance of heaven you want to smell jesus there it is there he is oh. now let's partake of that living remembrance and living substance Heaven on earth, God and man, man and God, earth and heaven, inseparable united, inseparable union. There you are, Papa. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love our, our brother, Dr. C. Baxter Kruger says, you can always ask if you... If you doubt this stuff, you can always ask, Jesus, are you in me? <laughs> and listen to what he says. <laughs> if you doubt this gospel, you can ask, Holy Spirit, is it true? Is this too good to be true, Holy Spirit? Oh, hear his voice resounding over you tonight, resounding from within you, oh, bubbling up from within you. Wow, 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 wow. If you're receiving something tonight, you just put your hands up and just receive. Just, whoa, I got, I got, you already have it. Something about just putting your hand up sometimes. Just, ooh, I got that, 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 that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that there is a blessing and two or three coming together in your name. There's an impartation. Your gospel is the power of God, setting hearts free, mindsets being just broken. De deliverance, deliverance, whoa, not coming, but now. Not coming, but now. Freedom is now. Walking and for those of us that need healing tonight in a certain area of our body, Lord, we just thank you that it's now. Just as we took of the cup and the and the body and the blood, we thank you, Lord, for healing manifesting. Hey, I just see the Lord healing depression right now in Jesus' name. He said some of you have been battling with discouraging thoughts. They're just. Just try right now. You can't even think a discouraging thought. <laughs> Depression is lifted and it's not coming back. The dark cloud is lifted and it's not coming back. Confusion is lifted. Little stubborn things, little foxes that have spoiled the vineyard, little stubbornnesses he's dissolved that he said you are not stiff-necked oh you can do whatever you want you're not a victim you can run little sheep little sheepy you can run i will i will keep you with my rod and staff Ooh, i'll keep you on the right track just run <laughs> uh, Wow, 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 It's just so thick, guys. It's very, very thick. Oh, 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 
Just stay here. Just stay. whoa. Just look at him. Just look in his face. Just look. Someone that wrote me a, a message the other day that said, are we allowed to see the face of God now? I always heard that you, no one can see the face of God and live and say, you know, the, it, the Bible says that we have all the glory of God shining in the face of the Messiah, Jesus. That when we look at Jesus, we see the face of God. We see all the life of God. Oh, you can see the face of God and live forevermore because Jesus, <laughs> look at his face. <laughs> this is our God. This is our God. I know it's still scary to us to believe that he's only good. We feel like maybe we're ignoring some portion of the Bible. We're not being fair. We're not being balanced. He's only good, guys. He is good, good, and only good. He is love, love, and only love. Oh, there is no dark balance to this. There is no now, but also not now. It's only good news. Yay, yay, yay. Yay, 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 Wow. Wow. I want to read just a couple of uh, little parts. And I just feel like we're in a little soaking time right now. Um, if you want to lay down or just lean back in your chair, you know, if you just want to start to drool with our Lord or whatever, <laughs> you want to become immobilized right now. I want to read um, a couple of pages from uh, Benjamin Dunn's old happy gospel. And I think we'll just close out with this tonight. Sometimes I do Q and a, but I kind of feel this holy thing right now. That's like, the Lord's like, don't shift gears. Just kind of run this one right into the end. <laughs> Just run this one right into the ground. <laughs> but I just, I feel like some of us just need to lay down. Um, I, I remember when I was first getting just all sauced up, the Lord always had me on the ground, dude. Just laying down, just lay down, lay. He makes you lie down. Ooh, I just see some of these making. You lie down in the green, green pasture. <laughs> and just let me read these over you. I will put them up on the screen here too, but um, I was just feeling these tonight and kind of coming into the evening, but um, whoo, I'm going to read this over us as we soak in closing. It says, it's a scandal. When I first became a believer, many people told me that God's way is hard, that Christianity is a struggle, that many stumbling blocks lie in the way. But in fact, through devouring the scriptures and feasting upon its realities, I have come to realize that the true stumbling block is the ease of the gospel. <laughs> That's right. The ease. The dependent and trusting do not stumble at this rock. To them, this rock bursts with living water. To those who are believers, this rock oozes pure honey. Those who stumble at this block demand salvation by their own. Let me pop the next one up there. By their own achievements, it trips only those who are seeking a way other than the cross and the Christ. Most of us have been in this place or are in this place because we are simply unaware of the gospel's goodness. We have never been told what amazing freedom has offered us. 
My hope is after reading this book, you will fall into the effortlessness of believing, becoming possessed by the joys of childlike trust. The stumbling block that I am talking about is mainly the preaching of instantaneous righteousness. <laughs> Woo! I gotta stop. I gotta I gotta I gotta read it again. The stumbling block I'm talking about is mainly the preaching of instantaneous righteousness and union through Christ's cross. It is the offense of the cross. We preach Christ, the Messiah crucified, preaching to which the Jews is a scandal and an offensive stumbling block that springs a snare or trap. The word for stumbling block is scandalon in the Greek, is where we get the transliterated word scandal. It is also defined as a trap stick. <laughs> Just take a big huff off the trap stick of heaven. An offense or a thing that offends. The cross is the divine scandal. Why is it a scandal and a trap stick? Here's the Tayer's definition of the word applied to Christ, whose person and career were so contrary to the expectations of the Jews concerning the Messiah that they rejected him and by their obstinacy made a shipwreck of their salvation. It is a scandal because in the crucifixion of Christ, we see God's way of salvation for humankind. I keep reading a couple more. Yo! Adam Clark writes brilliantly, this perfection is the restoration of man to the state of holiness Woo! from which he fell by creating him anew in Christ Jesus and restoring to him that image and likeness of God, which he had lost. But if man be not perfectly saved from all sin, sin does triumph and Satan exults because they have done a mischief that Christ either cannot or will not remove. To say he cannot would be shocking blasphemy against the infinite power and dignity of the great creator. To say he will not. Let's look at one more page here. One last page. Oh. To say he will not would be equally such against the infinite benevolence and holiness of his nature. Now let these gospel words wash over you as we close, friends. The word perfect by definition means to be complete, lacking nothing from purpose, finished. Being a Christian means you are in Christ, in perfect union with him. This is what you and I were created for. This is Christian perfection, to be one with Christ who is infinitely perfect. That is our purpose, our finish line, and our completion. The shocking truth that we discover in the gospel is that Christ has already run the race for us while we weren't looking. <laughs> the shocking truth we discover in the gospel is that Christ has already run the race for us while we weren't looking and has won. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> the shocking truth we discover in the gospels. Christ has already run the race for us while we weren't looking. <laughs> and as one, our blissful destiny is to be swallowed up into oceans of perfect love. Oh, my God. Sweet is his love. So sweet is his love that the heart found by this love never needs to look elsewhere. For this heart, sin has lost its flavor and attraction. A Christian's biggest temptation should not be sin, but Christ. In this vast ocean of possessing love, there is no other governing force than the pounding waves of his beauty and his imparted righteousness. Where is darkness when we're staring awestruck into his blinding holiness? How can evil dwell in the house where celestial goodness holds the keys? How can sin take hold of a heart that is married to another? Perfection is like treasure 
is perfection is like treasure people spend all their lives searching for. They sail endlessly on the rough and stormy seas of self-effort and willpower, never knowing that the treasure was in their house the whole time. They sail endlessly on the rough and stormy seas of self-effort and willpower, never knowing that the treasure was in their house the whole time. What is it that you've been looking for, boys and girls? What greater manifestation have you been awaiting? We are no longer in the shadows, but in the substance. Let's just thank him that whatever we've been looking for has been here the whole time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're waking us up to what's been here the whole time. Whoa, you're waking us up now. New awakening, fresh awakening to the gospel, the reality, the substance, not the shadows. The reality of the bliss, a perfection of evil-free existence, of no more searching but being found, of no more longing but being in the union of experiencing all the fruits of heaven on earth. Thank you that we're no longer looking, but we are in you. You are in us. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Glory. Woo. Well, thank you guys. I think we're going to close there for the night. I'm going to put on just this little bit of music just because I, I know some of you are soaking in this. And we'll just, you know, if you want to stay around for a minute and just kind of soak with the music, I, I encourage you, whoa, to... my my phone died but but dante is with us <laughs> i guess we've reached the end of our night guys boys and girls so good if you're soaking just just lay on the floor lay out let him let him show you that it's all here even the even the ministry goals that you've had, I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying to some of us. Even some of us have had ministry goals, things we've been trying to see. Holy Spirit says it's all here. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And uh, we'll just close with that tonight, guys. I love you so much. Thank you, Jesus, for rooting us and grounding us in the gospel changing our definition of the Christian walk, delivering us from folk religion, waking us up to Jesus, waking us up to true Christianity, the endless feast, the endless delight. All right, love you guys. Be blessed. Thanks for joining.